Welcome to another edition of Midweek Menches on your Lauer After Lauer family of podcasts. Thank you so much for taking the time to take a quick listen tonight. A skeleton crew. We are hyped up on quality, even though we may not be there on quantity tonight. Uh, I'm your host, Mayor Matt, and I'm joined by Schweitz up in Canada and special guests. We have Jeanette out in California. Hello to both of you and let's get right to it. Is that all right? Sounds good to me. Fantastic week of shows as we record this. The South by Southwest Adventures made for great programming, uh, some some fun extra content. Uh, I've not had a chance to listen to Stupidity yet, but the discussions about Stu laying on pianos and almost getting kicked out of the Four Seasons Hotel, uh, just a myriad of fun little uh, things happening out in Austin. Uh, I guess before we get to that, have, have either of you ever been to Austin? I have never been to Austin. I've spent some time in Dallas and spent some time in Houston, but never Austin. No, I've never been to Austin either. Uh, I did think it was uh, interesting for them to be out there. My thought on it is, so I don't really know how like well-coordinated or whatever that is, like them being outside of the hotel was, but at some point, doesn't hotel management, when you see that big of a crowd, isn't it your natural instinct to set up a drink station and get that money? So for them to have been like, it's too many people the first day, and then realize that the money they missed out on, that's just poor form on the Four Seasons. You you would think so. I have been to Austin, uh, was up for a, actually a national radio award. The radio station was several years ago. And so went to Austin for, as part of that wife came with me. What a fun, fun city. It's the live music capital of the world, obviously South by Southwest being there. But what I remember most was just live music everywhere. We listened to an eighties cover band that played for seemed like six hours and the weather was absolutely perfect. The uh, Tex-Mex food was pretty stellar too. So a, a fun city, of course, the university of Texas is there and uh, toured that a little bit, but a fun, a fun town that's, I kind of got it. They made that little joke about it not really feeling like Texas. It's a little bit different than the rest of Texas feels. And so it was a fun place. And it sounded like they had an awful lot of fun there, too. What was your favorite part of the South by Southwest Austin experience? I mean, I just really liked that it sort of changed the vibe a little bit. They, they, you know, it brought back some uh, Billy Allison vibes from, you know, their various trips to, you know, Super Bowls and whatnot. And, um, just because they have like little you know anecdotes and stories about going out afterwards that they don't really do at the hotel. So it was, yeah, it was just, it's just sort of nice to, to sort of get a different perspective. Obviously they're figuring stuff out. They're, they're out there to network. They're out there to, to do some other things with creatives and, and whatnot. So it just gave it a nice little change of pace. I mean, I don't want them out there all the time, but uh, I'll, I'll take a few days. Yeah. I kind of agree with Shrites a little where having the interaction and the closeness of you know a couple fans a couple hundred fans being there and to kind of see where the jokes and the things land in real time because in the studio when they're doing the recordings they for the most part on you know when they're not on youtube they can go back and they can be like okay we're going to edit this out that wasn't such a good joke but when they're doing it live they must have felt like we really have to nail the jokes or is this bit really going to land? And then the gauge of the audience. There weren't too many boos, too many hecklers. It's a pro show crowd. So I think that's the moment where 
everybody kind of gets to bring out whatever they've been hiding and see like this works like i think if tony may would have done his um was a cuban airline pilot maybe it wouldn't have landed so good because of like the language barrier pun intended (laughs) exactly did it uh did it off on the fly right there um but everything else like they and then some of them you know they thrive in that moment like like Stu, he i'm pretty sure he was really up there like enjoying being treated like a king and then if greg would have gone he probably would have been lost in the crowd and he wouldn't have been able to focus at all that's the only downside is that there was no greg but other than that it was great yeah that's a great point greg would have been totally befuddled with a live audience but i did enjoy that aspect of it is because you know that a part of them had to feed off the fact radio is uh, of course now they're in the world of podcasting, but you know, when you're, when you're on the radio and you're sitting in a studio, many times, if you're by yourself or even as a group, it's hard to tell if everybody's reacting to the jokes you're saying, or what is what you're doing is entertaining or as funny as what you really think it is. So to get that immediate feedback while you're doing a show, uh, it certainly feeds into everything that you're doing. I thought it was pretty hysterical. Two things I thought that were really funny. Uh, one was not even really part of the show. It was more of an observation. I thought it was real funny when Chris decided to take on barbecue as being overrated food. I mean, in the middle of, of Texas, that's just not really a real wise thing to do. The second thing was, and Jessica, she kind of talked about it, the fact that she had gone through hair and makeup and doing, you know, she was dolled up in a lot of the social media things that they showed you know, she's made up and everybody's going, wow, Jessica, you know, boy, you're all made up. Well, she was doing hair and makeup because it was the first time they've done anything studio wise. Well, one of the video shots that, uh, that they did, it was showing Jessica. And of course she's dolled up and somebody was taking a video of her and she was doing her little face. You know, she was posing, I guess. And it's like, here she is all dolled up and perfect. And then the camera kind of panned to the other side and there's Chris you know, lounging in a chair with, you know, a shorts and an untucked t-shirt, just kind of looking a little bit sloppy. And it's like, look at the difference between how <laughs> women have to present themselves publicly versus men. Jeanette, I, I mean, you could speak to this a heck of a lot better than I can, but to me, it just, it unintentionally kind of pointed out this great dichotomy that if Jessica had just worn t-shirt and shorts and just kind of schlepped it out there, people would have been all over. I mean, she really being oh, yeah. out there in the public She's got to be this fashionista icon and, and every little point has to be, you know, perfect or else somebody's going to blow up a picture and, you know, pick out a flaw. And then on the other side, you got, again, everybody other than Whittingham, I'm sure sitting back just kind of halfway dressed. Yeah, I think a few years ago, there was this news reporter guy that he said that for like six months or some crazy period, he wore the exact same suit on his on the TV broadcast. And it was never brought to like, like none of the people that tuned into the show, to the new show, ever made anything of it. But his female co-anchor, every night was a complaint to the station manager about, I can't believe she wore that color. What's up with her hair, her makeup, uh, the, the cut on her shirt, like everything. And he kind of like compiled the complaints and he released like a, a, the tweet. And he kind of did a... I guess like a video of himself also like how he didn't just proving that, Hey, you guys never noticed that I was always wearing the same clothes. Like, like, you know, so that is a a good point about how you 
how Jessica, I, I don't know if that was so much like, I'm pretty sure that was uh, out of her own sense of what the what the situation was. It wasn't like Metal Arch said, you have to get hair and makeup. She probably was like, I'm going to, we're doing this event. I'm going to take the extra, you know, use these resources to appear to, you know, to be dolled up for the expression to get glam. She looked, she looked great. Uh, you know, I will say that, she, you know, her fashion sense is pretty good, ex- except that even like, I think they, they were complaining about the wind and then to see her wearing like the shorts, the short suit the second day, I was like, okay, so she must not feel cold because I would just be wrapped in a blanket. But yeah, I mean, and then you have Stu God saying how he wore a super expensive pullover. So it's it, it, it just a weird balance. But yeah, I think if she would have come out in, in comfort wear, there probably would have been a couple of people that would have been like, she, you know, that's, she's not taking it seriously. She's too comfortable or, or something. They would have made, somebody could have made an issue out of it. Yeah, it just pointed out the real big double standard to me. The other thing that I thought was interesting from today's show, uh, I, I love the live report of Whittingham in Northern California uh, taking his hot air balloon ride, of course, he disappeared shortly after takeoff. We we assume that he's okay and that uh, I got disconnected. But have either of you ever been in a hot air balloon ride? Or do you, given the opportunity, would you take a hot air balloon ride? Uh, I probably would. Depends where it is. I don't, I'm not going to seek it out. But uh, I mean, I probably would do it if, if the offer was made my way. Jeanette, what about you? Would you be, would you be willing to climb into, to become an Easter egg, as Billy mentioned, and uh climb into a basket well I, I was wondering where that observation of his like how his mind worked to make that um that observation to ask that question because I think how they said isn't the most obvious comparison you're flying like a bird but he just thought like easter egg in a basket so I, I thought that was like where did that come from I would do it I would just want if, if it's in a group setting, I want people that are not afraid of heights, that by the time we reach, as we're going up, it isn't like, get me down. They start having uh, a get worried and, you know, they, 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 it makes it like incredibly crazy. So I guess that would be up to me to vet my group, but I would do it. There's places out here in um, like Moreno Valley, somewhere like going towards the desert um so it wouldn't be so much for like the view of of like what we're doing it will be more of like the experience but i would imagine flying over napa's gotta look great uh, i would think so too i'm i'm one of those people and i get terrible my wife would tell you we're, you're getting ready to travel in a couple of weeks i become a protector i want to be able to make sure everybody's protected i would probably say yeah let's go ahead and do this hot air balloon ride upon takeoff i would be an absolute nervous wreck because I would be concerned about everybody else in there that I've got to make sure that that they're safe and protected, even though I'm totally ill-equipped to protect anybody in a hot air balloon. And I think I would be miserable the entire time. But it's also, I'd be one of those people like that you mentioned, Jeanette. Once we started taking off, all of a sudden, uh, I'd say I'm fine. But once we started going up, I would think that maybe uh, the fear would just kind of jump in and crush me. And I'd be a horrible, horrible uh guest to be in the basket with you to be a fellow easter egg because like you're saying it is a situation where you're somewhat help when you are very much helpless because it's not like they give you like parachutes in case something goes wrong it's like you pull the rip cord you're like you got to ride it out in the basket and hopefully you know the worst that happens is you land next to some dung yeah 
we will ask the newest uh, entrant into the midweek mentions. Welcome, John in Miami. Good to see you. Nice to see you. We, what we an are, entrance, right? I know. We were talking, talking about, about dung. We're, we're, we're talking about hot air balloons. And the question is, uh, would you ever, have you ever been on one? And if given the opportunity, would you want to be in one? I haven't. Um, and I would uh, take a take a ride in one. And I lived in Albuquerque, which uh, today's show, I think, said it was either the capital or the number five place. I, I wasn't clear on that. But um, and so we did go on a couple of occasions to when they when they have some festivals and we're talking probably a hundred of them are, are lifting off and going. And we unfortunately on a couple of occasions, you know, they, they hit power lines. They hit, you're at the mercy of the wind, you know, that that air that that hot air can only just kind of regulate up or down <laughs> the uh, the left to right, the lateral movement. You're you're kind of hosed and and you're there on a, on a, a, you know, at the mercy of the winds. And so unfortunately a few times there's been some, some accidents that happened, but I would probably still do it whether, whether there was power lines or, or, or dung or whatever. Um, I would do it. I think it'd be, it'd be nice. I, I didn't have the chance other than just going and see them all go, go up at like five in the morning. Just for clarification from the show, uh, Stu Gatz named it the Albuquerque, the, a hot air balloon capital of the world. Uh, and then he looked up a list and said it was in the top nine. And then when he gave the top nine, it was actually number six. So right. there was a discussion right. about whether or not it wouldn't just be, na- why wouldn't you say it was a top six or sixth rank? But uh, well, we know why, because he's two gods. No, That's- I think what happened there is he had multiple web pages up to try to like cover himself. And I think he confused two different lists and he was going back and forth. And then he just ended up messing up the whole thing. Cause I saw one that didn't have rankings where Albuquerque, Albuquerque was, was like mentioned four or fifth. So I'm like, Oh, he's just going off of this list. And he totally like watched it. So while you're listening, you're pulling up the internet and trying to match the different sources and rankings. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's sad. He's rubbing off on, on Levitard. Mayor. Mayor, there's no hot airs balloon ranking of the world.com right now. Th- that would have made it so much easier just to go to that page and we would have been right there. Yeah. The other thing that happened today was the ranking of the Illinois quarterbacks, which oh, I bring up only for one, for one possible one reason. I was screaming it as I was listening to the podcast. Stu is so good with nicknames when they brought up Tony Eason. Champagne Tony Eason. I was going champagne. I was waiting for Stu to say, ah, champagne Tony Eason. It, it got snuck one through the goalie there as Stu was unable. John, you were nodding your head. You caught that too. No, I, I didn't, but but it, it did it did um resonate with me because I've often thought as somebody who doesn't really uh retain, you know, nicknames or or names and for, for that matter. If Stu actually knows the nicknames, or if he just adds like a ski at the end, uh, or some other some other thing to to uh, or truncates it, um, just to make it sound like you know he, he's he's got me because I'm I, I don't know if he's actually if he actually knows the nickname or if he just made it up. So I go with him and I'm like, okay, he's, he he knows his stuff. So if, I, if I think he knows a lot of them, and then he gets fed some of the other ones that. Uh, he doesn't think of off the top of his head. Yeah, absolutely. But he is good at it. And uh, I would say in our group, Beep is probably the the one that would 
if we had a contest for who's going to pull out nicknames, uh, I would, I would put my money on beep. I would probably be, I'd put myself somewhere in the top three, uh, not knowing who, who number two would be just because, but beep man, can only do baseball though. Stu gets them and he missed one today. So, Hey, we'll, we'll cut him a little bit of slack on that. And, uh, do you guys do that in your, in your regular life? Like if somebody mentions, you know, if somebody, you know, my wife mentions Vince Carter, I say air Canada right away. Like I do the same thing now. I've, I've listened to him so much. Uh, I don't do that. And I don't know that my wife would have ever brought up Vince Carter. That's true. You're not in Toronto. So why would she? No, but he was on the USA, uh, basketball team right and, and one of the best dunks probably ever ever to transpire i think happened on that team yes U- usa france and speaking of beep did you guys see beep was at uh south by southwest mingling i did i messaged him yeah what a who's who he got he got to check all the boxes didn't he except for chris do we have a story why why that is no clue chris just responded with a sad face on uh when beep was posting all the pictures I almost yeah. didn't recognize Beep. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how tall he was. No, allegedly in one of the photos and one of the posts that Beep had, he he said, and we don't know because it was only from a certain angle. He said that Stugatz was standing on pavers to go the illusion that he wasn't that much shorter than Beep. So I don't even know how we can do that much math. Like, do we we have to go back and was like Stu's what like. He says he's like five eight five nine, right? But no, nope, he's not. That he's not. I've I've seen him in person multiple times. He's he if he's five nine, I'm I'm uh, I'm Mike Ryan's t- uh, height. Yeah. So I, I mean, so, so then is the difference like six inches, seven inches? So so he's I'm pretty sure he's like over six feet. But he's so, not. He's uh, taller than David Sampson, though, isn't he, John? Everyone's Samson. taller than David Sampson. <laughs> Sampson, I haven't seen in person. <laughs> taller than him actually i'm lying i did see him in person but but i wasn't uh i wasn't so fixated on on his height that i was at the uh the mosque when when he said the two billion dollar you know f you or whatever that that um Mm-hmm. that quote that he has so uh but i didn't really see his height but I, I i imagine that they're probably about the same height all right well jeanette what did you take from this week's shows i think if people thought that them coming over to starting their own company and that they were kind of going to take the foot off the gas and be a little bit more loosey-goosey, totally went out the window because for them to basically travel yesterday, and they all traveled at different times from Austin to Miami, and then to show up and do a regular show to knock out a podcast today, and they're going to do it again tomorrow, and you know we know Friday is pre-recorded, a lot of stuff. That's great work ethic on them. And hopefully that hopefully some of the people that like to complain when they're not on and they take vacation either as a group or as individuals, they can kind of lay off of that because they are more than entitled to their time off to recharge and come back with more good stuff because they put in a lot of damn work. It's not just the three hours of feed that we get a day, but it's so much more that they're doing that we are not privy to. So those people that like to complain about lack of show and whatever, like stop it already. So the other thing that popped to mind when you brought up travel, the image of Billy going around Austin in a scooter to go to the Whataburger is in my brain. And I, I got to see video of that. The other thing was the story today with Mike Ryan and his situation where he walked into a hotel room that uh, other people were in and engaged in uh, amorous relations 
Uh, Schweitz, you got your hand up like this has happened to you as well. Uh, it's not just that it's happened. I used to work night shift at a hotel, and I would be the only one working. It was a three hundred or uh, sorry, a ninety-two room hotel off the turnpike. So a lot of just travelers who just were coming through for one night. And yeah, a lot of times I would hear stories from the staff, like they walked in on someone, you get some disgusting rooms the next morning. I have, you know, had to go to someone's room before and they're just not wearing anything when they open it, male and female, all that stuff does happen. You can, Hell it's, yeah. it's, it's, it, as far as the giving him the wrong key, like it's possible, like you just have to type one number wrong and, and say that number and it happens, but uh, there's usually fixes in place, or usually you can catch yourself beforehand. It's uh, unfortunate that that happened to him, but I'm glad he found out and hope the people didn't notice. I have uh, I've gone into a hotel room that was assigned to me and had people in there. That was unsettling. I've never had it happen to me. I think that would be even more unsettling. John, you're nodding your head. Have you experienced that as well? Yeah, I think I think I've had them both. Uh, you know. Not not in Amherst, but where where I go in and then I realize it's occupied just because you see, you know, shoes and you see all these other things and you quickly close the door. Um, and then the other time where you're just sleeping or something and all of a sudden a door opens and same thing. They, they realize, oh, this is taken. Boom. And they close it. Um, yeah, it'd be it'd be really something to to uh, to catch somebody in the in the act of a more. I did have that happen. Not in the, not in the act of anything, but my wife I'm just remember, reminded we were at a, uh, it's a place called the high Hampton Inn in an area of Northwestern North Carolina. And they have cabins. They're kind of a rustic getaway type of thing. And we were just kind of sleeping in chilling and the lady that cleans the rooms uh, just kind of came walking in and it was like, uh, maybe not ready for that yet. As I stood there in my boxers and nothing else, that was, um, that was interesting. I'm, I'm sure she, I'm sure she's a lot more scarred from it than I was, but something, a life experience nonetheless. Jeanette, have you ever had such a thing happen to you? No, can't say that I have. Um, So I guess I'm like batting a thousand right now. And hopefully I don't put myself in jeopardy for the next time I have to travel and stay somewhere. So uh, we'll see if when it happens, I'll report back to the group. I'll tweet it out something and we'll we'll walk through it together and and work out uh any of the uh affliction and trauma that may come with it and we'll some figure, or get a good, or get a good laugh <laughs> get we'll video. figure that we jinxed you if that had one right yeah that was uh and Schweitz, that's a good comment in the chat i don't know that we want to go down that route but I've, I've had that happen uh for me as well i don't know that i want to share that um that was in a yeah that was in a restroom uh, a, a restroom in in a in a restaurant where um you know there wasn't anything amorous going on but uh, but yeah we'll just we'll just leave it at that theater of the mind for the rest of you John have you got any topics uh, that you want to bring up for this week's shows what I really like is is the el, el um, refrán del día or you know the saying of the of the day uh, and and how they're incorporating a lot more so one of the things that I that I've always loved about the show has been how how kind of Miami centric it is, and even though the demographics have been changing, Miami's still a, a, a really big a Cuban town, right? And uh, Cubans have a really good like f- uh, are very funny in their phrasing and how how they they say things, and in some cases even make up you know make up words, and uh, and they're great. You know, I consider myself an honorary Cuban. I have no Cuban uh, blood, or I'm not of any Cuban descent, but I grew up. 
in a neighborhood that was predominantly Cuban, uh, almost 100% Hispanic. And and so I would hear everything that, that Billy, when Billy goes into his, um, like, people shtick, and, and then he goes, oh, I hope I didn't uh, spill the beans to, you know, spill the tea. You know, he'll, he'll come out with these words that are very Miami-centric. And, uh, and now they're starting to do a little bit more of that. And that's, I love it because, first of all, I feel like I'm in, on the inside joke because I, I, I know those, those uh, sayings or those dichos. Um, and, and they're great. They're very funny. Like the, the, the last one that they did, it may not have been this, this week, but the, the, uh, the pingao. The pingao, you know, means like literally um, uh, you've been de-penised, right? Um, and, uh, and then I, I used something similar on a, on a tweet back to, I think it was Smetty when she said, um, she said, Oh, uh, these guys have just, uh, arrived here and they're in nothing but shorts and like, you know, shorts and a t-shirt and it's like 40 degrees or something. So I said he was going to be uh, emping out, emping out. So is, is kind of like, uh, the word, if we're going to do a refrán del día ourselves is, if despingao means like um, being messed up, then empingao means like being furious or angry or, you know, or mad about about something. So imagine you're going into whatever it was, 40 degree weather, you step off the plane and you're you're in uh, just shorts and whatever, some Nike Airs and, and a T-shirt. You're going to be empingao because of that. So I that that incorporating more of that stuff, uh, I love. I loved when they did it at South by Southwest and just on the podcast just played the music over it the whole time so you couldn't hear anything that they were saying for whatever reason i just thought that was so funny yeah i missed some of that i have to catch up i'm, I'm running late on my um on the uh, listening to the pods I, I did listen to today's though jeanette what about you do you, do any of these refrains ring 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 a bell with you uh some do because you know um even though like spanish is my first language uh there's different slang and, and meaning that carry over from one culture to another and also we even have like arguments about you know well I, like john me you and pal we had the one about sana sana colita de rana and you were like well i learned it this way and we were kind of like are we gonna get into like this war over spanish and uh we just decided like you know what to each their own but we we know the gist but i do love it like when they dropped this pingado i was like oh my goodness uh like good thing this is not fcc regulation they don't go after like that and then just to like the, the hesitation to want to explain what it is when they were not going to go into any vulgar terminology but just the depiction trying to like paint the picture of it that was what was beautiful like tony was trying to back out and of course billy wouldn't let him and then chris just like picking it up and being good for like an hour and then when he tried to use it again he just didn't know what the word was <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it more of that please it was, it was also just great, like, the whole time, like, he's, like, trying to, Tony's trying to back out saying it, Dan, like, everyone started pushing it, and then as soon as he says it, it's like, oh, yeah, we, we, we shouldn't have let you say it, like, it's just perfect comedy. But that was my topic, that, that, that's the one thing that stuck out in the, in the past couple of weeks when, you know, when they kind of started doing that, so I'm happy they're doing it, it's going to be fun. Um, it's kind of the first, how one of the, one of the ways that Billy and I first bonded at one of these, um, like, events where, we were actually talking about um, an empacho. So an empacho isn't so much a, a, a refrán as it is just a, a word 
Um, and it just means kind of like this stomach um, irritation or the stomach feeling. And, and so he and I kind of bonded over that because it just so happened that he had been talking to his then fiance about being, you know, empachado. And, and I just, when we were, when we were at, uh, I think it was Jake Wakefield or something um, was talking to him about, about, and, and the topic just came out, came up naturally. He's like, I don't believe it. I was just talking about this because I, I was empachado. And I said, well, you know, the, the remedy is, is quite simple if you want to believe it. And, um, and so we went into the, he couldn't eat, you know, the remedy is this old, old, um, is it wise tale or wives tale? I, I, I never know how to say it. Um, but nevertheless, it, it's where they, it involves like a, a piece of rope and, and you measuring out the piece of rope and depending on where your hand um, falls after you measure it in relation to your, to your stomach, you're either empachado or not empachado. And if you are, then you would have to go to a, um, almost like a, like a, a witch doctor, like a santera, a santera or santero. Um, and they, the, these are the, um, the people who practice santeria and they would give you some type of blessing and tell you to do something. And then that empacho would be gone. Well, you guys talked with, about the different dialects and whatnot. It reminded me, I took three years of Spanish in high school. And so when my daughter was taking Spanish, she, we would, she very quickly got beyond anything I was able to remember, but some of the conjugation of the verbs was different. So we were talking with her, her Spanish teacher and, you know, we're just kind of making conversation. I was trying to use a little bit of Spanish of what little I remembered. And she goes, she goes, now, who is your, she goes, your teacher. I said, well, yeah, she was from Puerto Rico. And right away she goes, oh, no, no, no. She goes, if she, that it was like, no, that's not really Spanish. It was like, she was totally dismissive about any way that things were conjugated or I basically spent three years not learning Spanish in this lady's eyes because it was, it was Puerto Rican and not Spanish. And I thought that was, I, I don't know if, Again, from the East Coast, West Coast, I know everything's got a little bit different dialects depending on your country of, of origin. But um, I don't know, you guys, when you were talking about the differences and the little phrasing, it just kind of came to mind. Yeah, for sure. It, it's um, I, even even uh, Cubans are, are sometimes um, they'll, they'll go ahead and make up words, words that are uh, that don't exist. Uh, they'll go from the, I, in, in my opinion, I think what they're doing is they're taking like an English word. Uh, or a word in English, and then um, making it Spanish, like like shorts, for instance. Shorts become uh, chores, you know. Like, uh, or uh, I'll see if I can think of some other ones. But basically, they they go and they there's a lot of a lot of that happening, and ends up being something that a lot of us down here end up doing is speaking Spanglish, which is a, a, a combination of Spanish, English, and some of these kind of made up words that everybody it's already in our um as as you know maybe witty would say or it, it's the the known nomenclature the spanish answer to yiddish i know you're not a big baseball guy but it looks like the uh, my atlanta braves uh are maybe having an export to canada perhaps uh, freddie freeman ends up in toronto so uh, your country will be getting a little bit even nicer if they end up with a Freddie Freeman there, a quality human being. He's part Canadian. Uh, he has so. dual, dual citizenship. His yeah. mom was 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 it was Canadian. He grew up in in California, but uh, but again, he's he got win- dual. He's got dual citizenship. I love the, that article the, where they're like he winters in somewhere outside of like San Diego or something. It's like he grew up in the area. Like winters. The the U.S. doesn't. Uh, usually accept dual citizenship 
It's it, that's Canada that's accepting dual citizenship. <laughs> yes. The U.S. makes you get rid of yours if you want to uh, become a U.S. citizen. So you have to go through Canada to to become a dual citizen. Does that player have a nickname? Uh, Freddie. Uh, just, I mean, I, a lot of people down here. Look, Fred. They call him Fab Five Freddy because he wore number five or wears number five. So I like but, it. Uh, just a fantastic human being. And uh, uh, all I can do is thank him at this point and move on. And as David Sampson would say, it's uh, nothing. Uh, it's, it's just nothing personal. It's just business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Blue Jays are going to be a very fun team this year. If uh, For those of you who just enjoy quality baseball. We will uh, leave it at that and uh, go around the horn. And Jeanette, thank you for joining the Midweek Menches crew this week. How can people find you online? Thank you. It was my pleasure uh, to join and to commiserate on South by Southwest and uh, do a little bit of baseball and talk a little Spanish. That's always good. So I'm on Twitter, J-E-R-1-7, J-A-Y-H-E-R-1-7. Thank you. Schweitz, what about you? You can find me at Schweitz underscore A-Y. Very good. And John, yourself? You can find me at Real Stan VG. No peanut M&Ms, just plain ones, right? And you can find me at Santini Matt. That's on Twitter. I'm currently locked out of my Facebook account because of a security breach. Not, it's not that I put anything ugly on there, but I'm not on Facebook and I'm actually enjoying the fact that I can't be on there. So hopefully uh, you all will do the same. That's going to do it for this week's midweek mentions. A reminder, we have other podcasts in the Lauer After Hours family. We've got a post-post game and Laughter the Club. You can catch Johnette on one of those, although I can't remember which one it is. Also, a Cinema. Another episode or edition should be coming out in the coming weeks with that. And also, if you're looking for gear, uh, shop.lowerafterhours.com. On behalf of my midweek mentions this week, this is Matt Santini. We'll catch you next time on Lower After Hours and the Midweek Mentions. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lower After Hours. You can always reach us on Twitter at Lower After Hours or Instagram at Lower After Hours. We're available wherever you get podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars.